0: you're listening to two guys talking wine with michael pincus and andre prue andre so good to hear your voice again i know it's good to hear your voice too i hope i'm not sounding quite so uh, robotic but i guess that's a joke no one will get till they hear the episode we recorded before this one (laughs) 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 ah inside jokes isn't it great when you're a listener and you don't get the joke Sorry, You're like, listeners. what the hell
1: are they talking about now? But I bet you we get that more than you think.
0: So here we are in the uh, third week of September. I know you and I, we both follow a lot of uh, winemakers and um, and people who work down for the various wineries literally all over the planet. And uh, the pictures of our fine winemaking crews in Niagara on the tractor and, and out in the vineyards have been slowly trickling in. So I think it's safe to see we're right in the uh the throw the throes of harvest yeah
1: we're definitely in i'd you know a few weeks ago i was saying we we're just at the beginning but we're really now getting into the middle of harvest and uh from what i'm hearing uh it's fast and furious out there
0: it is kind of tough to say that this is the middle of harvest though considering uh harvest last year went on until what m- mid-december for some wineries
1: but it's an early harvest. But you know what? We could debate this all day. We should get some professionals in to tell us.
0: Yeah, I thought that would be a great idea because I, I love, I love, love, love talking to winemakers about how the summer's looking. And, I mean, it's one thing that I've learned is that nobody can give any answer to any question until those grapes are on the crush pad, which is one of the cool things about the industry. Like, it really is a, a gamble when you're involved in in this uh, crazy world of agriculture.
1: Yeah, you know, that- and uh, I think my doorbell just rang. How interesting is that? But anyway, we're going to interview, hopefully, two winemakers.
0: Yes. First up, we have uh, the incomparable Brian Schmidt of Vineland Estates. So we
1: have Brian Schmidt fresh off of a harvester on the phone. He sent us a neat picture of a bloody stump. Brian, I think we're going to use that picture as our, our, our promo for this thing. So tell us what that was, first of all. For sure, yeah. So while
2: Harvest Time is uh, never, there's never any dull moments at all. Um, this, uh, this particular machine that we had was going up and down the rows. And because the vines uh, were now celebrating the 40th anniversary of St. Urban Vineyard, there's some pretty old gnarly vines, and, uh, and every once in a while, uh, these crooked old gnarly vines just make their way into a harvester and uh, and end up breaking and and actually get fed into the harvester and then jam things up. And so, uh, having an old vineyard is absolutely amazing, but there are some pitfalls to it. So, we just add it to the list. That's all we do.
0: Now, how far along are you uh, in the harvest? So we're it's it's just been trickling in
2: for the most part for us the Lake is usually about uh, 7 to 10 days earlier than we are up on the bench here. So they started a little bit earlier than we did. We started about a week ago, a week and a half ago. We did a little bit of sparking wine before that. Um, but right now, we haven't really hit full steam yet. Things are, uh, are still hanging nicely for the most part. A couple of varieties, uh, anything that starts with Pinot, is having a bit of a tough time out there, and, and there's some mildew and, and some rot. It's starting to show up in some of the vineyards, and people are trying to. There's going to be soon. There's going to be a panic to get that off. But but in general, we're just kind of trickling in right now. We've only done about 100 tons, maybe 120 tons out of around 800 that we uh, that we expect to do. So I, I can tell you this, I've I've only had one sleepless night. Last night we finished at about 1.30 in the morning and we were back here at about 6. And that's only happened once this year, uh, this harvest. So that tells you that we're not really in full swing.
0: Okay, so for harvest, I guess for people who are listening to this podcast that may not be familiar with how busy it gets at a winery this time of year, is it unusual to be on, on the crush pad or at the back of the winery with all the equipment until 1.30, 2 in the morning at this time of year?
2: No, no, not unusual. Though when when we're really re- uh, moving and we're doing uh, 60 to 80 tons a day through the machine, uh, it, it, when I say the machine, that could be the crusher, destemmer, or the optical sorter. Uh, when we're doing 60 to 80 tons a day, we're it's easily 18 hours a day, um, sometimes more. Uh, yes, and we it's a pretty diligent crew we've got, and uh, nobody complains. We just keep doing it, just keep
1: grinding it out. You got to get off. Brian, are you are you worried at all about the remnants of Florence coming through? I think it's coming through on the weekend. You know what? Uh, to
2: be honest with you, not really, because uh, we dodge raindrops no matter what. Um, the bigger problems that we have oftentimes would be morning dew, uh, where we we're waiting for the vines to dry off. Uh, that usually ends up wasting a bunch of time. Um, any, so yeah, Florence is just another. Another wrinkle that we have to deal with at harvest time—you're you're throwing wrinkles three times a day, four times a day—and you just got to rise above it and keep moving forward. So, no, I'm not concerned about it at all. If, if I worried about every every little thing that happened at harvest time, I would uh, have much less hair than I already do. Now I and
0: know And be that... grayer
1: too. <laughs> and be much grayer as well. <laughs> that Grecian formula is working really well for you, by the way. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'd Leave a little gray. My wife likes it.
0: Now I know obviously the the harvest is going to be going on for for a little while here, but how is uh, twenty six? Sorry, how is twenty eighteen looking uh, as a vintage?
2: Well, it's actually funny that you should say it had sort of stumble over twenty sixteen because it's it's uh, as good as twenty sixteen was. We, it's a very dry year for us. Um, the quality is amazing. We've had uh, wonderful heat units you know, throughout the entire summer um the, the what the only one drawback that we'll have from this vintage from what i can see the writing on the wall now is that there's not going to be enough of it the the volumes are down significantly what we were expecting to be about 20 percent less than uh, than last year last year was a huge huge vintage for us by the way we're expecting to be about 20 percent less less than last year we're probably 20 percent less than that so I would say as an industry, as a region, we might hit uh, 65,000 tons, something like that. We're over 90 last year. So it, there's not going to be enough. There, we're we're going to be running around scrambling try to uh, try to find enough wine to fill our tanks this year. But So the good news is uh, quantity is, is down, quality always goes up.
0: Now, I guess just one thing to sort of dumb things down a little bit, when you're talking about heat units, what does that mean?
2: Oh, a heat unit is just an expression of of um, how much heat is collected during a day, during a full period of uh, of sunlight, and how much heat is collected is is dependent upon uh, obviously the, the temperature, the, the temperature in the morning, temperature in the afternoon, temperature at night, and they they calculate the amount of heat that has been uh, the, the vines have been subjected to during the day, and then we count those heat units throughout the year. Um, we expect some regions, uh, depending on what multiplier, is, we're between 1,200 and 1,600 heat units per year. And each grape variety needs a certain number of heat units to reach maturity. And so uh, heat units is just a way in which we say how hot the year was or how, even, even how hot a day was. Because you could have uh, the temperature at, at 28 degrees in the morning when you wake up and it reaches 36 by the afternoon. Uh, you're going to have less heat units than if you wake up in the morning and your temperature is 12 degrees, and by the end of the day
1: it's 28 degrees. So it's it's all just a question of how much heat has been collected during the day. So Brian, uh, which grape would most worry you in a typical year? Uh, same not one that worries me.
2: <laughs> the same one that worries me every freaking year. Uh caps off. It's um, even even in some of the best vintages that we've had. Uh, 16, as an example, there was some cap that, that still didn't reach full maturity. Um, so, and then and then the other option, the other question would be, uh, does a variety get too much heat? Riesling, as a good example from my perspective, uh, doesn't respond well to excessive heat. The, the style of Riesling that we make here in in a very hot, dry year, we we struggle uh, to ensure that the fruit comes in with enough acidity. And so the more the more heat you get, the more sugar you get, the more sugar you get, the less acidity you get. And so maintaining that style for us in a hot year, specifically with recent, can be, sometimes be a challenge. So looking at it from the opposite perspective.
1: Well, I know that, that both Andre and I have a love for a grape called Cabernet Franc, and I know you share that love with us. How's that looking this year? Oh, man, it is looking unbelievable.
2: Um, yeah, it's so our boutique vineyard uh, has has really come into its own it's it's maturing now in 1996 those vines were planted uh they're getting wonderful stability from vintage to vintage which is so unbelievably important um that you don't get massive vintage variation and so from my perspective the cap front this year is looking stunning absolutely stunning
0: how much longer do we have to wait until you harvest it though i guess let me re- let me re ask, let me re-ask that question uh, how how longer how how many more days can things go wrong before you harvest the Cabernet Franc?
1: Why do you always say things go wrong, Andre? For God's <laughs> because sake, because it's the always got it's, enough. Gray hey, hair. hey,
0: it's always how it's framed That's to me funny. when I when I ask a winemaker how such and such is going to be, and it's like three four weeks away until harvest. They always say, "Well, it looks good right now, but there's still time for something to go wrong." Right?
2: Yeah. Well, you, you never know when uh, when the shit could hits the fan, but. Uh, all things being perfect, we should be starting to take Tronc off in about three weeks. I would say probably by the middle of October, middle to the third week of October, somewhere in there. And then, uh, and then caps off will come after that. So that would be kind of beginning of November or so. If, if you recall last year, we were harvesting well into the end of November. Yes. Uh, obviously a much cooler weather year. Um, so that's, that's quite a bit earlier than last year. But I would say that that's pretty much right on time. Uh, from, a, from a standard image perspective,
1: I would expect to be in the second to third week. Off. But it looks amazing. That was it. I'd like to thank thank Brian. Uh, it was great to have you on. We'll have you on at some point to talk about cab Front, talk about optical sorters, talk about everything else. And uh, I hate to say it, Brian, we'll have to call it a legacy series. Please don't take that the wrong way. I know you're still a <laughs> young man.
2: Well, well, funny you should say that. I actually have one of our blocks is called the Legacy Block, and you'll be able to try uh, five barrels of Capstone Legacy that we have. Perfect.
0: I always love uh, talking to Brian. Uh, if you follow him on social media uh, at Bench Wine Guy on Instagram, uh, and he's pretty easy to get a hold of on Facebook. Uh, his enthusiasm, his unbridled enthusiasm for this industry is absolutely infectious.
1: I loved that he asked us, can he swear? And he, then he didn't swear at all.
0: I know. <laughs> we tend to have that effect on people, though, somehow. Like, it's funny how, Michael, when I drop your name in some conversations, it just starts to, to send, tends to elicit a certain reaction, you know?
1: I hope it's all good. I know it is.
0: Anyways, uh, so we're going to go to the other side of the country now
1: we are. Actually, here's the fun part. Um, the winemaker for Trias is Craig McDonald, and we reached out to him today, and he's in British Columbia, so we're going to get a twofer. We're going to find out how British Columbia is doing, and we're going to find out how Ontario is doing, in Niagara-on-the-Lake specifically. We're lucky enough to have Craig McDonald, who is... Craig, what is your, your exact title these days? Hey, Michael. Uh,
3: yeah, I'm a Vice President of Winemaking for Andrew Pella, so... Not only the senior winemaker for Trius, but also I oversee all the winemaking for all of our wineries across the country, including British Columbia.
0: Craig, how many yep. how many wineries are you overlooking these days total?
3: Uh, there's four in Ontario and and nine. Uh, sorry, four in Ontario, five in uh, BC, so nine
1: total. Wow! So you're not busy at all.
3: Well, you know what. We're all busy. I am, but uh, I've got a great team of winemakers. So at each location, we've got uh, you know great winemakers there and, and great uh, cellar hands, and yeah, we're we're right in the thick of it. So they're doing a so great since, job. Actually,
1: since you're there already, tell us what's going on in BC.
3: Yeah, so in BC, I mean, I'm sure everyone's heard about uh, some of the challenges with uh, the fires that we've been having. So. Um, you know, that was a concern, but it's really cleared up quite nicely now. Uh, there was only one little fire burning, uh, a while back in the, uh, lower Similkameen near Karameos and that's, uh, subsided. So yeah, we're in really good shape. Um, there's no real concerns with smoke paint. So an <clears throat> interesting thing about that is, um, it's a little bit slower out here than, than Ontario. Uh, if you had to go back two months ago, BC would have been a week ahead of Ontario, um, but because of the smoke and because it actually forms a barrier which sort of filters out the UV, um, which helps ripen the grapes, it's actually slowed down a little bit. So, um, yeah, Ontario is actually ahead of uh, British Columbia right now, which is
1: really rare. So what are you harvesting out there?
3: Well, we just finished doing a bunch of sparkling and early aromatics. Um, so Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Gris, are, we're riding in the thick of that, Um and uh pinot noir actually so we're we're in that first third of harvest which is fairly typical but um you know in ontario as i mentioned we're, we're marching right in the chardonnay um, and have nearly finished riesling so so yeah we're um we're in the thick of uh, the we're bringing in pinot noir today actually and uh lots of pinot gris at most of the locations
0: so in uh, the okanagan then how was uh 2018 as a growing year Uh, apart from the smoke from the fires
3: no very good actually i mean the heat units are right up there we're in the top top quarter of um heat summation for the year so we're looking really really good and you know the thing about um the growing season is um it's been a very uh cool fall and uh so we're getting not too much sugar accumulation which is really important here we got that uh, nice and early, so now we get uh, great flavor development in this cooler full weather that we're seeing in the Okanagan. So um, lower pH, higher natural acidity, um, and much brighter fruit to the uh, to the ripeness. So I'm I'm really excited about that.
1: I have a couple of questions, just because I know sometimes we get uh, we get questions about uh, getting a little too geeky and adding too many uh, terms. So I'm going to ask yeah. you to tell people what heat summation is and what pH is.
3: Yeah, so I use the term heat summation. It's just a a number that we throw around to measure how much heat we get uh, in sunlight hours and temperature throughout the growing season. So in other words, it's just another way of saying it's been a very hot year, um, and we've got lots of heat to ripen all the grapes. And the the pH is just a measure of um, sort of acidity, and um, it's in late, well, I guess the it's hard—it's very hard to describe actually. But the easy way of describing it would be that uh, at lower pH, you've got more more stable color and more stability in the wine, and at a higher pH, and it's usually related to acid degradation and uh, and
1: heat. I didn't really explain that too easily, did I?
0: <laughs>
1: Andre, you want to try your anyway, your hand at it?
0: What? No, no, I think I'm okay.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, anyway, but um, no, the the pH is kind of a measure uh, of the juice itself. So it it gives the winemakers a lot of cues and a lot of direction on how they're going to approach the harvest. Um, Yeah, and it's a a base measure of, of the wine.
0: Now, with, with harvest, I know you said that the first third is underway. How long do you expect harvest to take in uh, the Okanagan? And I guess the uh, same question for Niagara. Yeah, so, you know,
3: the scary thing that we, all winemakers worry about is, you know, running out of time. So, um, you know, we've got a bit, they're pushing back a little bit into um, the later part of the season in the Okanagan. but. Um, You know, yields are coming in a little bit lighter in some of the whites, so I'm not too concerned. But I think, you know, we're going to do most of the work in the next four weeks. So up until about mid-October is usually when we get most of it in. And uh, we can actually get, um, you know, a frost event or sometimes even snow in late October out here in the Okanagan. So it's uh, when it shuts down, it shuts down pretty hard. And then in in, uh, Ontario... As you know, we've got the benefit of um, the lake effect, which is the unique part of Niagara, and that we're, we're sort of bordered by the escarpment to the south and to the north of the Niagara Peninsula. We've got the lake, and that buffers us by another two weeks at least. So we can go well into November, early November that is, um, and still have good temperatures to harvest. So, not too stressed about Niagara, but I'm just sort of concerned about. British Columbia and getting moving
1: out here. So as far as Niagara goes, you started saying the magic word, which is Chardonnay. And I think Andre mm-hmm. completely shut down right then himself. Yep. He was, he was like shaking. He was so excited. Oh yeah, so uh, excited. But yeah. so we're doing Chardonnay and Riesling here. So what is typically the next grapes to come off and, and how are we looking for those usual tough to ripen varietals like maybe Syrah and, and Cab Sauve and those later ripening grapes?
0: Yeah,
3: so usually at Chardonnay and Riesling time, we start looking at Merlot and Syrah. So, yeah, you're right about Syrah. It's, um, it's not too far away. Um, and the good news is we've had an incredible summer. You know, it's just been one of those brilliant years where, you know, July and August were well above average for heat. And um, anyone who knows, um, you know, it's, it's very, very important to get that late ripening. So we're looking really good. You know, I'm, I'm pretty excited, we've already got great flavors and sugars in the uh, the Reds in Niagara, so I think it's going to be a bumper year for us.
1: And and I think bumper year is Australian for good, correct?
0: Mm, Michael, that's, yeah, that's a right. that's a pretty common farm term. <laughs> just you, you, a just you, bumper checking. crop or bumper year. You've yeah. never you've yeah. never you've never heard yeah. bumper crop before, Michael. I,
1: I have I was just making fun of Craig's Australian accent.
0: Oh come on! There's so many easier things cows, to do. You got to do better than that, Michael. You got to do better than that.
1: What What did you say, Craig? Not bumper cars, uh, bumper crop.
0: Okay, oh, got it. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, Craig, thank you so much you for have, giving us the have... giving us the update. I think we may need to check in towards the end of harvest and, and see how you're doing and and how things are looking like at the end because um, I understand that. I guess there's still time for stuff to go wrong, but at least the uh, sparkling will be something to look forward to for now. Bite your tongue, Prue. Uh, I know.
3: Yeah, no, thanks, guys. Thanks for the call in. It's always good to, to talk to you fellas. And, uh, you know, uh, it's onwards and upwards. And we're really excited about uh, both BC and Ontario. So we're looking forward to making some great wines.
0: Thanks, Craig. Man. I hope everyone listening to this podcast enjoyed this as much as I do because uh Craig and Brian are two of my favorite people in the industry straight up. They are so eager to uh to share their knowledge with with people and it's just it's much appreciated by me.
1: You know when they have those um polls about the politician you'd most want to have a beer with? Yeah. Yeah, these two guys would be it.
0: But they're not politicians, Michael.
1: No, but I mean, I'd rather have a beer with them.
0: <laughs> oh, I can, yeah. Anyways, do we need to bucket of I know beer you want to have again? a beer with Doug Ford. Oh yeah, but, totally, totally yeah. would love to do that. Anyways, a dollar uh, beer, a a buck
1: of beer. You're gonna have, you to have, but you could buy a six pack and have it with them.
0: You know, I think we will uh, maybe do another wrap up towards the end of harvest. I know we also reached out to uh, Rob Power, and uh, uh, he said yep. he'll he'll connect with us later on, which is something to look forward to.
1: Yeah. I thought uh, we tried to get three in, and, and Rob just uh, ended up being in Toronto and at an event. So we'll uh, we'll get a third perspective on how Harvest went. Uh, maybe we'll grab a couple other people to find out how it went, too.
0: Well, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Uh, remember, angry phone calls to Michael Pincus.
1: As always. I'm Michael Pincus of michaelpincuswinerview.com.
0: Andre Pru from andrewinerview.ca
1: subscribe don't you want to do that thing
0: i already said that michael were you not paying attention i'm not listening to you again good night thanks for listening please subscribe to two guys talking wine on itunes